Time now for The Real Estate Connection with Stephen Fayard, a realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor looking to downsize, move up, or refinance, this program is for you. Probate sales to landscape design to home repairs and maintenance. This is your weekly look into all things real estate. Now your host for the Real Estate Connection, Stephen Thayard. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Connection. Thank you for joining me today, hosted by yours truly, Stephen Thayard, and sponsored by Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. Hey, I want to thank you guys for joining me on another episode of the podcast today. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be a really good one. So you're going to want to stick around. If you can't stick around and you want to watch it later, then go ahead and just subscribe through Apple Podcasts. Look for the Real Estate Connection on Apple Podcasts. Um, it'll be under the business section and you can look for the logo uh, the blue square in the corner that says the Real Estate Connection up on your corner of your screen um, where it says Stephen Thayard, the guy in the cowboy hat. Easy for easy, easy to find. And if you just want to be notified when there is a program uh, that's already being recorded, sign up for my podcast distribution list. Send me an email at info at realestateconnectionradio.com. That's info at realestateconnectionradio.com. And we'll add you to the email distribution list that goes out every week. There is a show that there is a show. Um, there isn't a show every single week. I will admit uh, my Mia Copa. Um, it doesn't happen every week, but I try to make it as consistent as possible because sometimes this information just needs to get out there. OK, so sign up and then we will get make sure that it hits your email box. And oh, by the way, if you're looking for real estate services, whether it's related to buying or selling, especially in this market that seems to be full of gloom and doom and turmoil uh, based on the media selling uh, clicks and likes and, uh, and, new, and and magazines and all that good stuff. Um, give me a call. Stephen Thayard, your real estate broker with Good Patriot Realty at 408-472-0817. That's 408-472-0817. Uh, California DRE number 01700019. Ready? Break. It is football season. All right. Without any further ado, let's get on with the show. All right. So, real estate market crash 2.0, question mark. The answers, the numbers say no. And I mean a big giant N-O, big giant N-O. And so, before um, I got onto the program, I was uh, uh, looking around on the internet for uh, information about um, real estate and seeing what kind of uh, stories would pop up in the news. And I found one and it said that the search for real estate market crash, the percentage of that search has gone through the roof in the last few months. I wonder why that is. Could it be the media? Could it be television? Could it be radio? Could it be people trying to make a living by giving you information that gets eyeballs and ears? Yes, I think so. However, they may not be telling you the whole truth. Really, you say they may not be telling you the whole truth. Well, there's been some inf interesting information that's been going out 
And yes, some of it is true, but you have to see it in the full picture and context of what is going on. So the, the, I, I do have to admit that the, uh, the idea for the show and the um, information that I started gathering came from a podcast that I was listening to. Yes, I do listen to other people's podcasts because I'm always learning. I don't know everything from um, a couple called Tim and Julie Harris. Um, they are real estate coaches and they interject reality back into the marketplace, especially for real estate professionals who are looking to see what's really going on and how to filter through the headlines and look at data. And so they gave an update <clears throat> as to what's really happening in the market. And so they gave a lot of information out and I didn't want to just take it as their words. So I did the research too this afternoon. And um, a lot of what they say is accurate. Um, some of the numbers, <clears throat> I don't necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Let's reset. All right. Some of the numbers I don't agree with 100%, but they're close enough. So what they were what they were talking about is the rise in inventory and how the media has been saying that with the influx in inventory that prices will go down and it will slow the velocity in the real estate market but their conclusion is that it will wreck the real estate market. So they were digging into that topic and I liked what they had to say so I wanted to share it with you. So it is correct. Inventory is going up. It is correct that the velocity in the market is starting to slow down. However, is it correct that it's going to wreck, destroy, crash the real estate market today? And the answer to that question, after we go through all these points, I'm sure you're going to agree with me that the answer is no. So Logically speaking, when supply goes up, right, then um, there's more to choose from in the marketplace. And so buyers have more choices. And it is true that interest rates have been rising, which costs more money for people to borrow, which means they can borrow less money to buy a house, right? But buying a house just kind of became like back in 2005, 6, 7, and 8 over the last five to seven years, kind of like anyone could do it because the interest rates were so low. It kind of became like, um, I just, I, I can just buy a house because I want to buy a house. There was um, uh, an expectation level that everyone should just be able to buy a house. But historically in the United States of America, buying a house has been something that you've had to work for. So we're just returning back to having to save a little bit longer, sacrifice a little bit more in order to buy a house. Now, people will always remember the great market crash back in 2008 and 2009. And so this is what they're saying, right? There's gonna be this great, incredible crash, but the metrics or the numbers just are not bearing it out. Back in 2009, in the market, crash at the peak of their market, there were 3.9 million houses on the market throughout the entire country. However, in February of 2022, okay, and I, I'm doing this backwards. I'm trying to repeat what they did. They had a great order. So let me, let me, re let me re rewind. 
at in February of this year in 2022, they said that there was 900,000 houses on the market. All right. For the entire United States of America. So I went to check that number. Um, my numbers came out to be actually 376,018 houses at the low of this year were on the market in February of 2022. Now they were using a 900,000 number, but I think that included sales of houses that were not closed yet, meaning they were pending. They had a contract on them. It hadn't closed. So it was still technically for sale because the transaction wasn't complete. The numbers that I got um, from realtor.com take out all pending sales. So in February of 2022, there were 376,000 active listings on the re on the real estate market for the entire nation. As compared to 2006, when the number was three point, I mean, 2000, yeah, 2006 at the peak, right before the crash, there was 3.9 million houses listed for sale. Now, if we say that there are pending sales in that 3.9 million and we extrapolate out, say, 60% of pending, that adjusted number would mean there's 1,560,000 houses on the market at the peak of the crash. That's a lot of inventory. Today, inventory is at 732,276 active homes without any pendings. You compare that to the peak of the crash at 1,560,000, we're nowhere near, and I mean nowhere near the market crash numbers where there was so much inventory that it just wrecked the real estate market. We're not even close to that. But why? Why is it that we're not there? What's holding us back from being there? And they went through, they said they had eight reasons. I documented down, um, I think, four. Four solid, solid reasons why the inventory has not gone through the roof. If you were around buying real estate or in the real estate business back in 2006, 7, 8, 9, you'll remember that there were whole developments that were built by builders that were partially done or complete that were sitting empty around the United States. <clears throat> One market, for example, was Las Vegas. Las Vegas, you could drive by and you would see gates or fences surrounding unfinished real estate developments that had been way overbuilt by builders. You do not have that in this time right now. I repeat, builders are not overbuilding currently. They learned from the last market crash and they scaled back. What builders do is they go out and buy the land for projects that they think they may build out in the future. And if they see the writing on the wall, <clears throat> biblical reference, I uh, Daniel, um, if they see the writing on the wall and they see the, con the economy turning, they stop building. They just do. They pull back because they don't want to get caught like they did last time. Um, and so what builders have done since the last crash is instead of building out entire communities and then selling them, they build eight, maybe nine model homes, and then they sell a phase. They sell a phase of that home 
of that development. And when that phase is sold out, they build them. They have the commitments, they have the contracts, they have the deposits. They're fairly certain that those houses are going to close. Then they build. Builders have gotten smart. So we are not seeing the level of increased inventory that we saw back in 2009, 2006 in today's change in the market. We're just not seeing that glut because builders have gotten um, builders have gotten smart. Okay, so what was the other contributing factor to inventory skyrocketing in the United States of America where the values came screaming down because there was so much to buy out there? And I'm going to say it was the lending that was going on back in the last market crash. The lending environment has completely changed from where we were at in 2008 and 2009. There are no more stated income loans, meaning you could walk into a mortgage office, write down on a piece of paper what you made and what your income was for the year and not back it up except for by your word, sign on the dotted line and get a loan. And it sounds terrible, but that's kind of what was going on. Also, they had relaxed the lending rules for the subprime market. Now, if you don't know what subprime means, that means that you had less than stellar credit, you had a, not a strong um, consistency of paying your bills, and you're maybe a little bit skinny on your income as far as being able to cover the mortgage. So they relaxed the rules on those loans, and those loans were heavy in the marketplace as well. The other thing that was heavy in the marketplace that has changed since the last crash are adjustable rate mortgages. Adjustable rate mortgages, meaning you get into a short-term loan for two, three, four, five years that's fixed, and then it adjusts later and can either go up or down depending what's going on in the economy. Well, everyone was buying houses because anybody could buy a house. Sound familiar? But not for the same reasons. Back then, it was based on the mortgages and relaxing lending standards. The reason that mortgages were going out the door recently was because rates were lower. After the market crash, it was required that you prove your income. It was required that you gave W-2s tax returns. You had to have good credit in order to qualify for a loan. So if any of you are listening today and you've been through the lending process in the last seven years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They inspected you from top to bottom. You almost felt like you were given a pint of blood in order to qualify for a loan. If you didn't have every I dotted and every T crossed and every piece of documentary supporting information submitted to the lender, your loan was going nowhere. And on top of that, people were putting money into the system. I personally have experienced on the listing agent side selling and helping buyers buy all cash deals ranging from $1.5 million to $2 million. We're talking a lot of cash in the system. Back in 2009, 2008, 2007, 2006, people were doing 100% financing 
on loans that were stated income only. They did not have to prove their income and they had zero money down and they were adjustable rate mortgages. So what happened when the market started to slip? They couldn't refinance. People weren't looking to get rid of their houses. They weren't walking away from their homes. Their rate would adjust. They had no equity in the home, so they couldn't refinance the property because they had nothing in it, no down payment, and their payments were skyrocketing with adjustable rates, and they couldn't afford them anymore. Then on top of the fact that they had no money into the property from their own cash, they were really just essentially renting. So they walked away because they had nothing to lose. We are not in that anymore. People have put down 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80, 90, 100% cash into these homes. And it's a different system. Okay, so we went through what is not there. So let's talk about more about what we have today. All right. So back in 2008, there were a total of 10 million subprime loans in the marketplace. That's a recipe for disaster. 10 million subprime loans in the marketplace, not even talking about regular adjustable rate mortgages. We're talking about subprime lending altogether that had added up over the years prior, 10 million of those things. So that was the bubble. That was the huge bubble. It had nothing in it but air. There was no money, no documentation for lending. All right, so what else is different in today's market? In today's market, 40%, 40% of all homeowners within the United States have no mortgage. That's right, 40% of all homeowners in the United States have their mortgages paid off. So you can take 40% off the table right away from a market crash, not gonna happen. If you own your house outright, how are you gonna default on a loan? You don't have any payments. You don't have to worry, right? You're not going anywhere. Even if the interest rates are skyrocketing, you're not going anywhere, you're sitting fat and happy. And if you do decide it's all equity and cash, you go someplace else that you can buy a property for cash and then you still have no mortgage. So that takes 40% out of the marketplace. Now, of the other 60% that are out there, okay, I'm reading my notes now. Um, all right, of that 60% that is left, all right, 45% um, of the remaining people that have 60% uh, uh, of the remaining homeowners in the marketplace that have mortgages, of those, 45% of those have more than 50% equity. They have more than 50% equity. That means there's a lot of people in the United States that have a mortgage that have over half the value of their house as pure equity. Now, if they get in trouble, home equity lines of credit, they can pull a little money out, right? Um, but we're going to get to that. We're not even we're not at that. But the, the fact is, is there's a lot of equity in the market. People don't have to sell and they're sitting on a lot of cash. So if they're not not getting their price, they pull the house off the market. Right. 
Here's the other thing. 85% of all of those people who have mortgages have locked in a mortgage rate at 30-year fixed under 5%. We have been dealing with low interest rates for a really, really long time. So 85% of everyone who has a mortgage in the United States of America at a 30-year fixed rate is under 5%. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you sell your home if you didn't have to? If you had an interest rate that is maybe 50% less than what the current market rate is currently? So if the interest rate's 7% and you bought your house, say, in the last five years, and you locked in something between 25 to 3.5% and you've got really low payments and you've got a job and you don't have to move, are you going to list your house for sale and go buy something else at 7% interest rate? I don't think so. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. People are going to hold on to their houses and hold on to those rates. All right. And if you purchased before March of 2022, you probably have an interest rate of 5%. So the remaining of those mortgages out there, I would say, and, and this is just a guess, maybe 10% of the total mortgages that are out in the marketplace are adjustable rate mortgages, but they have equity because the market has been steadily climbing for the last, I don't know, 10 years. And even through the first quarter of 2022, the market was still going up. So even if you just recently got in the market at the beginning of this year, you probably have equity, even if you do have an adjustable rate mortgage. So if the rate does adjust, you could refinance and you probably already have because you saw the writing on the wall and you said, the rates are going up. I'm getting out of this arm. I'm going to get into a 30 year fix before they get too high. So what does that leave us? That leaves us with people that are in the market right now who are buying maybe for the first time or are downsizing and they have plenty of cash and maybe they do get a loan, but their loan's not going to be the full purchase price. They've got a lot of equity that they're cashing out. So maybe they get a $100,000 loan or $150,000 loan. The most rest of it is cash and they put it in the bank. They're not really concerned about the rate too much because they can still afford the payments and they have a nice cushion in the background. But does that slow down the market? Yes, it does. It does slow down the velocity of the market because first time home buyers don't have the buying power that they used to have just last year. And so that's going to slow the market down. But is it a crash? No, it's not a crash. There's too much equity in the market. There has been too many changes in the way lending has been happening over the last 10 years and people don't aren't in bad situations. Now, the other thing is uh, unemployment. So back in 2009, and I pulled this off of an article from the New York Times, back in November of 2009, the unemployment rate peaked out at 10.2%. So we had a market crash. We had a massive recession. Unemployment was through the roof. You had zero money down loans. You had all these subprime lending. It was the perfect storm for massive crash in the real estate market. Unemployment right now sits at 3.5%. Do we have inflation? Yes. Are the, is the cost of goods and services going up? Yes, absolutely. Probably higher than what we're being told, but 
we don't have the unemployment to go with it. All right. And so what's that do for builders? They are paying through the roof like everybody else for building materials. They're paying for wood. They're paying for plastic, concrete, foundations, right? All that stuff. Plus, you know, whatever fees and permits that they have to pull in order to make make a house. So even though they can do some creative financing because they're the builder and they're going to do what they can to get their homes sold and maybe can undercut resale markets by financing tricks for the first couple of years, it's still costing them a lot of money to build a house, which means that value can't come down. There's inflation in the market that's driving the cost of materials in order to build, and so it cannot push down. The builders can't drag down the pricing even if they want to. So that's going to keep the values up because we have equity in the market, we have solid loans, um, we have lots of down payments, and we have people that are uh, qualified to own the homes, and they have really low rates. Now, the other thing that um, was mentioned in the podcast that I thought was very interesting is that in the pandemic, there was a lot of forgiveness of mortgages for a while mortgage for forbearances which basically means you can stop paying for a little while and they'll add what you're what you're not paying to the to your mortgage uh principal and then you, when you start when you're able to start paying again you come off of forbearance and you pay and you start paying your your mortgage and um the united states government threw a lot of cash at people now politically speaking there're going to be people on both sides of this issue whether or not it's the right thing or not right thing to do however we've seen that they've already kind of opened Pandora's box to this. So if we had a really, really, really bad recession and um, people could not pay and it looked as if the whole country was going to go under, um, because we've already kind of opened up the mechanisms for forbearances and other mechanisms to allow people to stay in their homes, what's to say that that won't be done again? And so again, that would be a stopgap to stop a crash from happening. So one overarching theme in all of this is the supply issue. People don't have to sell. They're not financially strained to make their mortgage payment payments. They have historically low rates, locked and loaded for 30 years. You have 40% of all homeowners don't even have a mortgage. Um, and then of those who do have a mortgage, 85% of those are under 5%. And of those who have a mortgage, 45% of those have 50% more equity. So if they did get in a bind, right, and they couldn't afford their, their, their mortgage anymore, what are they going to do? They're going to sell their house. They're going to sell their house. They're going to take that equity and go live somewhere, somewhere cheaper, maybe buy something for cash, right, and get out from under it. But that does not signal a crash because in the crash, we had foreclosures and short sales coming out of our ears. Foreclosures and short sales coming out of our ears. We're not set up for a giant foreclosure tsunami to hit the United States of America. It's just not there. 40% of all homeowners own their house outright. 45% of the rest of those homeowners have more than 50% of equity in their houses. And then 85% of all the rest of those homeowners have an interest rate that's under 5% 5 or under. We just don't have the, the numbers and the data 
does not give us a market crash. So what does that mean for you as the consumer out there or the homeowner out there? That means it will take you longer to sell a house. It will. That's a fact. There are less buyers in the market because of interest rates going up and everything is just going to take longer. That The days of instant gratification of putting your house on the market and having it sold in a week, they're gone. There are some markets that are still hot and they're going to be parts of the market that'll be hot because of price points. And as the price point gets lower, gets lower and people can afford to buy in those price points, those price points will be popular at other levels. It'll be slower. And it's just an adjustment that we're all going to have to get used to as we move forward in this new economy. However, is there a market crash 2.0? Absolutely not. The numbers just don't bear it out. And so I hope that that gives you comfort. And I hope that if you're out there and you're a buyer and you're waiting for this shoe to drop, I hope I've pulled you away from that because what will happen is you'll wait and you'll wait and you'll wait and then the market will get less volatile and people will get used to kind of how to maneuver in what's going on. And then people will return to the market and prices may be pushed up again because we still have a supply and demand issue. So if you are thinking that, you know, you're going to wait till they go down lower, probably shouldn't. If you have a compelling reason to be in a property, to own a home, like I say all the time, you're going to pay a mortgage. It's whether it's going to be the landlord's mortgage or your mortgage. You marry the house, you date the rate. The rates are always changing. And yes, it may be a few years. You may see them climb. You may you may have to sleep with this rate in your back pocket, this uninvited guest in your house for a few years. But everything changes. And as soon as they start to come down, you refinance. Keep your payments up. You get into a house that you're comfortable with those payments that your job will allow. Um, and you, and you buy the house because you still at the end of the day are building wealth for you and your family. You own an asset, you own something that can generate income. If you're not living in it and you can keep it, you can then rent it out or it's gaining value over the time, over time. Cause you're paying it off either with cash and creating equity or the market value is going up and you're creating equity. It's a wealth builder. So do not let the interest rates get in the way of building wealth because things ebb and flow rates go up they come down i bought my first house um in the late 90s and i remember when interest rates dropped to eight percent and i was like whoa refinance then they dropped to seven percent i went whoa refinance dropped to six whoa refinance right Back in the late 80s, they were at 13%. So everything is relative. Just keep that in mind, okay? So I hope this gives you comfort. I hope if you're a homeowner, it gives you comfort. If you're a home buyer, it gives you comfort that you're not throwing your money away or you're going to lose your shirt in the market. All right. And so remember this, and I'm going to leave you with this as well. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So be strong, be courageous, be brave, and sign up for my podcast, the podcast, the Real Estate Connection podcast with Stephen Thayard at Apple Podcasts. Just look for the um, blue 
a logo with the cowboy hat and you'll find me in the business section. And if you have any questions about your fact pattern, about what's going on with you, whether you're looking to buy or sell and you want somebody to help you navigate what's going on with real knowledge and not clickbait or fear, give me a call 408-472-0817. Again, 408-472-0817. I feel real strongly about this today. I don't like when people peddle fear to um, get things to stop moving. It's not right. Uh, it's just wrong. Give the information to the people. Let them decide. Let them make an informed decision based on all the facts, not just part of the facts. And that's it, folks. Have a beautiful day. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I give you guys a round of applause. For <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think it was a good show. I think it was a good show. All right, sunrise time and the podcast image. We'll see you guys. Talk to you later. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless the United States of America. And don't forget, Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. And we are out. This has been the Real Estate Connection with Realtor and Certified Probate and Real Estate Specialist, Stephen Thayard. Licensed Cal BRE number 0170019. For more information on this program, visit realestateconnectionradio.com. To contact Stephen directly, call 408-472-0817 or email info at realestateconnectionradio.com. And be sure to tune in next week at this time for The Real Estate Connection.